Himalaya. I'm Colleen Sedmanyi, and this is Yoga for Life. There's an underlying belief that somehow we aren't enough, that we are unworthy frauds and losers. In Yoga for Life, we will uncover these self-imposed limitations that are keeping us from contentment and freedom. We will talk about caring too much what others think, fear of not adding up, seeking comfort, divorce, aging, relationships, grief, power, and of course, sex, one of my favorite topics. In this podcast, you can expect open, real, and raw dialogue about what keeps our hearts heavy, spirit hidden, and potential limited. We will give you yoga tools to peel back the layers, to find compassion and love for the person that is living in your body, and to learn to live the present moment fully with all of its glory and its pain. You're listening to Yoga for Life, a Himalaya learning production. For exclusive content like yoga videos to accompany the podcast that you've just heard, go to Himalaya.com and enter promo code YOGA for your first 14 days free. We hope you enjoy. So I'm going to announce the winners of the 90-day free access to the Himalaya Learning. Thank you all for writing your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It was actually impossible to pick three, so I had to do it somewhat randomly. If you're listening to this and you were one of the chosen ones, then please DM me with your email and we will get you your access. If I don't get all three DMs, we'll come back and read a couple of more. This one is from G apostrophe Ma Michelle. She says, this podcast has touched my heart and soul. Colleen has such a gift to reach many people. I have been through therapy for many years, but this podcast is it. It's changed my inner talk and how I see myself and others. We are blessed for these deep talks. Thank you. Thank you. This is from M.J.E.H.R. How beautiful it is to listen to Colleen and the wisdom she gives so freely. She gives us her authentic self in this podcast. And although I've known her through her book and the sequences she provides, getting to know her through this medium has been such a joy. How about you take the deep breath you need and give Yoga for Life a listen? Your heart will say thanks. Well, my heart says thanks. So thank you very much, MJR. And the last one is Marinita K. Colleen has one of those extreme and intense life journeys that she beautifully used for growth and shares with us. I say this not because I know her, but because I read her book as well. Even when most of us might not have been through those same experiences, we will all be able to relate to the underlying feelings, fears, and necessary path of growth. And in this way, we can all benefit from listening. Thanks, Colleen. Thank you, Maranita. So you guys just DM me and we'll get you all set up. Thank you so much. Namaste. 
Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Every week, we will clear the slate and begin each podcast with a short meditation. You don't have to know how to meditate. You just sit. So find an easy seat. Close your eyes. This is a meditation for clearing the body in preparation for meditation. We will do this through breath work. Begin by merely watching your breath. Without manipulation, notice the inhale and the exhale. We will now do a practice called Kabbalabhati, which translates to cleansing skull. All it is is a passive inhalation and a sharp exhalation through the nose. The shoulders stay calm. The lips stay lightly closed. Your face calm. And you can create your own rhythm. Inhale to a comfortable level, and we'll begin Kapalabhati breathing, which is a pumping of the belly. Slow the pumping down. Exhale all the breath out. Scoop the belly back and up. Relax your belly completely and let the breath flood in, unimpeded, and out. Come back to everyday breathing. So it's almost like you're trying to blow out a candle through the nose. Let's do one more round. Lips touching lightly. Inhale a comfortable breath through your nose and begin the pumping of the belly, the sharpening of the exhalation. Slow the pumping down. On the last exhalation, scoop the belly back and up. Exaggerate it. Pause. Relax the belly completely and just let that inhalation flood in. Return to everyday breathing. Notice what happened inside your head. Why is this practice called shining skull? Keep your eyes closed. No more manipulating of your breath. Mere observation. Notice the space inside your head. Notice the space inside every joint in your body. What does that feel like? And then notice the infinite internal space. And notice the 
external space and feel that there's no separation between these two vast eternal spaces. Come back to following a simple cycle of breath. Come back to feeling the clarity in the head and the spaciousness in the joints. Coming to a place that it may even feel so spacious, so buoyant, that you can levitate. Gather your hands in front of your heart, bowing your head to your heart. Take a moment to turn this little meditation into a dedication. Release your hands down and let your eyes slowly open. In this episode, we will clean, organize, prioritize, and let go to reduce stress and clear the mind. Carol Foster, one of my dearest friends, was dying, and I was in complete denial and would go to her humble apartment on 79th and Amsterdam, where she had lived ever since she moved from Colorado to New York City to dance for ABT. We met during our yoga teacher training at Jiva Mukti in 1998 and became fast and furious friends. We were like the odd couple. She had five yoga outfits and shopped once a year when she would buy two pairs of pants and two shirts, and she would only do that when her favorite store, Joe's, had a sale. I, on the other hand, had a hundred yoga outfits and was in a constant state of yearning for more stuff, even though my closet was bursting. So when cancer and Parkinson's became debilitating for my dear Carol, I would visit her as often as I could and would always buy her a pretty little something, you know, a scarf, a toe ring, or a t-shirt, just something. I don't like to visit anyone empty-handed, and I realize that this was more about me feeling good about me. And then one day, as I was asking if I could come and visit, she said, No, you can't come if you bring me more stuff. I just want to see you. I don't want stuff. It's just stuff. And what am I supposed to do with more stuff? Colleen, I am dying. I love you. I don't love stuff. It's not important. Wow. Thank you, Carol, for one of the most profound teachings of my life. Carol was preparing for the ultimate move from life to death. And maybe everything else is just a preparation for this move. Rodney and I have moved five times since COVID. I feel like we are on a crash course of letting go. Each move demands cleaning, prioritizing, and letting go. Janis Joplin says, freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. Possessions are just more stuff to take care of and attach to and possibly lose. We use our belongings as a security blanket and status, but in reality, it clutters our space and our minds. Without space, meditation and breath work are less accessible. And therefore, the true connection to self and others is elusive. COVID has left a void for most, and we are scurrying to fill that void. What would happen if we became comfortable with the space and not feel desperate to fill it? 
Desperation creates stress, which translates to disease. I don't need to name all the physical and psychological ramifications of stress. We all know that stress kills. Like many of you, my income completely ended on March 16th. I permanently closed my New York City studio and also shut the doors of my Sag Harbor studio. Those doors have been wide open for 22 years and have been a refuge and a beehive for the community. Our on-the-road gigs all canceled. I was forced to majorly downsize. We rented out our house and New York City apartment and moved into a 160-square-foot shed. It's a sweet shed, and we are actually extremely happy. It is a big wake-up call that not having so much stuff actually can make you happier. But how is I going to move four closets worth of clothes into a small closet that I share with my husband, who is almost as big of a clothes fiend as I am? I committed to no storage units. Now came the editing, ridding, and prioritizing process, which was daunting, fascinating, and quite honestly, exhilarating. I pulled everything out of my closet and poured it on the floor. It seemed like a monumental task, but the only way to do it or anything is just to start. I made piles of yes, no, and maybe. And in the end, I put all of the maybes in the giveaway pile and went back through the yeses and also put half of them in the no or giveaway pile. I realized, much to my surprise, that I didn't actually need 20 pairs of summer platform sandals when I might have two occasions a year to wear them, or 20 jean jackets or 50 scarves. Believe it or not, I don't even need my high school running shoes that I was keeping. I don't know why I was keeping all of this stuff. This process went on for a month. I packaged up 400 pounds of clothing, bags, boots, etc. to give away. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a hoarder. I just love clothes and I love having options. I have been a fashion model since 1979 and clothing literally was my livelihood. But what I found out is that I don't need stuff and I'm actually happier without it. <laughs> my mom used to say, you can't take it with you when you go. My friend Carol told me that loud and clear. With every box that I taped up, I did feel lighter. By the last box, I thought that maybe I could levitate. We are living in this small shed, and I haven't missed the options yet. I wake up happier. I've only bought one item of clothing since February, and that was a pair of sweatpants because I got caught in the rain in a lightweight dress and was soaked in freezing. We talk about space in yoga class. One of my favorite quotes is from Swami Satchidananda Saraswati. My teacher, Sharon Gannon, believed that he was enlightened and asked him what it felt like to be enlightened. His answer was spacious in the joints. Just feel what that could feel like just by saying the word spacious in the joints. Being bogged down by excess is the opposite. Pure, simple, 
and uncomplicated was one of his messages. We so want to accumulate everything, possessions, ideas, achievements, friends, accolades, followers, etc. Our society gives rewards for accumulation and none for scarcity. We talk about non-attachment as a way to come back to our true essence, which is love. Attachment is the main cause of suffering because everything that we are attached to will change and will die and we will suffer. Practicing with a pair of jeans should be quite easy. Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, hit the world by storm. Why? The realization that we are caught under the heavy weight of possessions and our external life mirrors our internal life. Six million people started asking the question, does it spark joy? How wonderful. What a question for millions of people to ask. You could ask this question all day long. Does it spark joy? Replace the word it with whatever you are presented with at that moment. What is extraordinary is that all of these people are starting to realize that their bodies know more than their brains and are understanding what sparks joy. This is crazy. Next is to tune into the breath. The breath is reflective of your state of mind. You know how your breath is when you get into a neatly made bed with crisp, clean sheets. I even ironed mine once, and I have to say that it was divine. When you walk into a room that is cluttered, is your breath free or does it get stuck? In yoga, we think of the body as a beautiful home or even a temple, and it's up to us if it is clean and spacious or cluttered and dilapidated. Ask yourself the question, is this a home that I want to live in or is it one that I want to escape from? We use our yoga practice to peel back the layers with the knowledge that there is a gem that has gotten dusty and its brilliance hidden. Om Mane Padme Om. This is a Buddhist chant that translates to Hail to the Jewel that sits in the seat of the lotus. We think of that lotus as sitting to the right of the heart. I love the image of a multifaceted jewel that has become dull, dusty, and buried by our thoughts, words, and actions. By chanting Om Mani Padme Hom, we shine the gem. So not only do we shine brightly, others that come into contact with us can also see their beauty reflected clearly. Repetition of a mantra is a purification process that cuts through the mud and touches the heart or soul or true essence of love. When we were in Bhutan, the chanting would last hours and could be heard throughout the island. All spiritual practices include some form of prayer, singing, chanting. There must be a reason for it. I watched my mother saying the rosary all day long, every day. When her hands were busy caring for her seven kids, the words were still on her lips. I had the opportunity to watch Mother Teresa as she rocked and said the rosary when I was working in her homes in Calcutta. 
Even Mother Teresa cleaned her slate and connected to the jewel, which for her was God, according to the Catholic religion. You know, when I can't sleep or are worried or in trouble of some kind, I too revert to the Hail Mary, sometimes unconsciously, even though I am no longer a practicing Catholic. It brings me comfort and clears the mind, creates space, keeps my mind from jumping all over the place. One of our teachers, Ramanan Patel, says that when you have suffered abuse and are triggered, the best thing to do at that point is sing or chant. There's a Buddhist monk named Shukai Matsumoto, and he says to literally clean the lamps and fixtures gently, as if you are polishing your heart and soul to make them shine their brightest. We sweep dust to remove our worldly desires. We scrub dirt to free ourselves of attachment. We live simply and take time to contemplate the self, mindfully living each moment. It's not just monks who need to live this way. Everyone in today's busy world needs to do this to some extent. He believes that cleaning your external space will have internal benefits. Excess creates stress and chaos. When your brain is full and whirling with worry, doubt, jealousy, hatred, guilt, fear, there is no space. There's only stress. How do you clean your brain and find peace of mind? The definition of yoga is yogas jitta vritti nirodha, which translates to yoga or the state of yoga is the cessation of the fluctuations of the mind. So that's what we're doing. We're training the mind. The path to that clearing of the mind is laid out in the Yoga Sutra. They are called the Yamas, restraints, and Niyamas, observances. There are five of each. I'm going to talk about the Niyamas. The very first one is Saucha, cleanliness. This can literally mean taking a shower or cleaning your meditation space. The second is Santosha, or contentment. From cleanliness comes contentment. The next is Tapas, or heat for purification. Some think of it as sweating and doing an intense asana class, which is a form of purification. But where the real friction comes from is internally when we have the courage to just sit with what arises. Then comes Svadhyaya, which is the study of the self. And then Ishvara Pranadhanani, which is sort of an, okay, I've done what I could, and now I am letting go and offering it up to the universe or God or the divine. That is freedom. That is liberation. That is cleanliness. And that is the state of yoga. Union, nothing missing, no attachment or aversion. We start with the more superficial surface and keep diving into the deep, and you could say spiritual. 
These are my 10 steps for cleaning up your life to connect deeply to your true self and discover the beauty and then shine that light into the world. We need connection, love, and light now more than ever. Let's do the work. Number one, get rid of stuff. This is not necessarily a quick process or an easy process. Be kind with yourself throughout it. Sometimes it can even be emotional. Start simply and with the least difficult. For me, that was my office. Some of my favorite advice from Marie's book was to get rid of old checkbooks, bank statements, credit card statements, and manuals for electrical devices such as washing machines and air conditioners. I had some literally from the 80s still in my desk. This alone clears your workspace and clears your head and makes it much easier to think and produce. Number two, make sure that everything has a designated place, from socks to brooms. You know that black hole in your house that takes one of your paired socks and leaves you with 20 that don't have matches? Put them in a rubbish bin. Another favorite are the samples that we beg for at the cosmetic counter. They will only clutter your world and you will rarely end up sampling or traveling with them. Say goodbye and stop asking for samples. Three, don't have more stuff than your living environment can easily contain. Four, commit to making your bed every day before you leave the house. I mean, really make it. Don't just throw the covers over the pillows and call it a day. Tighten up the fitted sheet, fluff up the pillows, shake out the bedspread or duvet. Really take care. Five, as you clean your house, chant or sing. Number six, use a neti pot first thing in the morning and scrape your tongue last thing at night. Number seven, Move your body. When you don't move your body, stagnation sets in, which smells. Think of old water that has been left sitting out or the flowers that you left in the water too long and no life is left in the water or the flowers. Your body is mainly water and needs to move constantly and in different ways. Of course, my preference is yoga because it gets into all of the nooks and crannies. But whatever it is, just move. Number eight, the breath work that I taught you at the beginning of this podcast, Kapalabhati, Shining Skull. Number nine, sit, watch, stay. Get to know the nature of your brain. Notice the thoughts and let them go as if you are watching clouds in the sky. They come and they go. Inhale the word let and exhale the word go. Set a timer and don't get up until the timer rings. Discipline the mind and let it know that it is not the leader anymore. Number 10, simply watch the breath without manipulating it. Give the brain something that is not verbal to focus on. Get out of the way and let the breath guide you to a place where nothing is missing. Feel the immense external and internal space without filling it up. Touch freedom. 
know that this is always available, even in the hardest of times. In summary, it's just stuff. Let go. Clean your internal gem. Get to the essence of love and know that when all else falls away, love remains. Even when Carol's body is no longer present, her love will never die and sits to the right of my heart. Gather your hands in front of your heart. Dedicate this time together. I dedicate this podcast to Carol Foster. Namaste. You've been listening to Yoga for Life. I'm Colleen Saidman Yi. All right, everybody, next week, I'm telling you, we have someone so beautiful, so powerful, so full of wisdom. Her name is Roshi Joan Halifax. I am just beyond honored to have her on this podcast. She has spent her life being with death and dying. She'll be talking to us about grief, service, and love. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening. To get the most out of this show, check out the yoga videos available only on the Himalaya Learning platform. Himalaya Learning provides bite-sized courses from world-class thinkers and industry experts for you to enjoy in the app on the go. To access exclusive content for this show and others like it, go to Himalaya.com and enter promo code YOGA for your first 14 days free. We hope you enjoy. This podcast is produced, recorded, and mixed by Cynthia Daniels at Monk Music Studios in East Hampton, New York. The theme music for Yoga for Life was composed by Rob and Melissa.